Hi there. Welcome to Peppers and Flowers, where sales and marketing don't make sense. Please join us for the conversation. Episode two. That was my. That was my. Uh, that was my part. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Man, it's been a week since we did our first podcast, and I I gotta tell you, I was like, I was really anxious to get the next one out. I was like, can it be? Can it be Saturday already? Man. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone was biting at the chomps too. I shared it with some people and like, when's it coming out? When's it coming out? I'm like, okay, we got to wait a little bit. But uh, it's funny. Once you start getting the ball rolling, it goes a lot faster. And uh, I think uh, we'll see some progression here on activity and as also as, as, as well as good content being pushed out. So yeah, it was funny. I got uh, constructive criticism, actually, mm-hmm. which normally I think people would be uh, Maybe people wouldn't like that so much, but I thought that was awesome. I was like, man, someone that took the time to listen to our new podcast and send me constructive criticism. That must mean wow. something, right? Like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I was like, sweet. Tell me more. Awesome. Yeah. And I had to explain the whole peppers and flowers uh, to a couple people. And they're like, really? Peppers and flowers? What's that mean? And I explained it to a guy last night over a, a sales training, actually, and he was really engaged in it. So sounds like the concept of peppers and flowers is starting to catch on to some people, which I think is pretty cool. So Yeah, I do too. Man, James, yeah. Um, yeah. and we all know what happened last weekend, which is just tragic, but uh, I, I'm still in shock about Kobe Bryant. Yeah, you know, I actually wrote a poem. I don't know why, because like when I, when I lose, uh, you know, obviously when, when people close to me pass away or, or, or you know, some major uh, incidents happen in my life, I... Yeah. A lot of times I don't know how to express myself. So um, I actually sometimes write songs or poems just to kind of like express myself. And through that, I feel a little bit better. Would, would it be cool if I read this poem real quick? Dude, I'd love to hear it. All right. So it's just, it's called Kobe, right? So it's Kobe. And it says, a legend of basketball, a man who knew how to stand tall, a friend of many, cherished by many, open with his life, lived above the strife, Kobe, you pursued your dreams, live greater than what seems. The Lakers were blessed to have you. Oh, you are missed, can't believe it's true. We wish your family peace, your friends peace, your fans peace. We find peace knowing that God is in control. He knows when a sparrow breathes its last breath. He watches over us, all of us, and is with us all right now. Let's all rest in him. So I really felt like, you know, uh, this whole incident that you mentioned you know it it took me by surprise you know and um it took a lot of people by surprise and um you know you almost feel like the floor underneath you kind of you know slips away and you're like falling now like where am i going and all this but i just wanted to write this poem to to say hey look let's rest in knowing that uh you know there's someone in control and uh, i believe that's god that's watching over us taking care of us so no need to worry yeah now that was I, James. You're 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 artistic, man. I didn't know that. You should, I'm shocked you're not a musician. You should learn to play guitar. Yeah. I'll start a band, man. Yeah. Now that was awesome. I know it was tragic though. I, it, Kobe Bryant was kind of like Michael Jordan for me growing up. I mean, uh-huh. I I just turned thirty in January. Was still well, yeah. it was January. Uh, and I remember like I was never really into basketball games too much, but I remember watching all the games and, um hearing people talk about it. he was like like i said the michael jordan kind of thing so it's kind of 
it's sad and tragic and weird, but you know, he definitely left his mark. <laughs> the guy, the guy will go down as a legend. I think they're actually thinking about changing the logo to um, the NBA logo to a silhouette of Kobe. Yeah, I saw that with like the purple and orange or purple and yellow. They had like a kind of a vote or something like that, and people casted their votes. Yeah, um, even the original, yeah. the original NBA player, I forgot his name, who was in that logo. Um, he agreed. He gave the okay to actually have him change it too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. so I thought that was pretty. I don't remember his name though. I'll have to search it up. But anyways, is it, is it Bill Walton? Isn't it Bill Walton? No. I, I thought it was something Harrison, something, something like that. Oh, oh I don't know. Okay. George Harrison. <laughs> yeah, no, no, right on. Um, that's a yeah, but well, that's cool that he gave up the, the, that, that right there. That's, I mean, you know, it takes time to develop that, that rapport, but then, you know, once, if you want to give it to somebody else, it's like, you know, it shows a little bit of, you know, uh, just humility and a sense of giving. That's just, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, he'll be missed, man. He will be missed, but yeah. Anyways. Well, yeah, man. Um, well, you know, it, it, to, to me, you know, we're doing a podcast and we're professionals in, in our fields of uh, sales and marketing. And, you know, it, you know, he was, he was a, a scholar in his own right, as far, as far as being like a, a basketball scholar, right? Knew everything about the game and pushed himself to the limit, to the hilt every day. And, you know, he, he, he could, t- he got to the point where he could run full games without resting, you know, and like he, his body developed that much stamina. So let's push ourselves to to honor that and 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 be the best we can be in our profession, you know, and uh, help many people along the way. Um, is there anything you want to talk about today that could help our audience um, from a uh, maybe a learning standpoint or a professional standpoint? Yeah, I think what we should do today. I got some really cool and fun stuff. I think we should we should spitball on. Um, since this is really like our first material podcast that we're launching right now we should talk let's talk a little bit about some like elusive things right like one call closes right that's like the elusive dragon of sales like everyone's striving for this thing um let's talk about that first i think that's gonna be a really fun topic (laughs) because i think i think there's a lot of practicality to it yeah if you have the right understanding of a one call close um and James, I know you have a system. What well, kind of more of a philosophy of a one-call close? And I think it aligns a lot with my philosophy of a one-call close. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we explain that a little bit, it might add some yeah. practicality of expectations or, you know, you're really trying to get something out of it than just ultimately want to, you know, you want to close the sale, of course, but, but you, the one call close might be more based on the value you've provided to lock them in. Right. Um, yeah, honestly, we, we talk about locking in and kind of like getting people in the zone and getting them to the point where they're just like, Oh, I'm all in. Right. And we even say that sometimes we say those words, I'm all in. Right. Um, and poker players, they put all their cards on the table. We're all in, you know? So it's like, what is that? How do you get to that point in a sales process where, you know, people are just, they have no questions, no holds barred. They're just fully committed. Um, honestly, that just, if you want me to talk about it a little bit, you know, sometimes we only have one chance to close a sale. 
um, you know, you know, and that's not always the case. A lot of times, you know, we have several meetings, but people always ask me like, how do you uh, make that, you know, uh, three appointment, four appointment sales call to a single call? And, you know, whether it's uh, on the phone or, or in person, uh, it's not something to be afraid of, I want to say, first of all. We need to remember that we have a valuable product or service um, that the person we're speaking with can benefit from. And their purchase would be, you know, a great starting point, you know. And uh, we need to approach these situations with a lot of excitement. Um, our prospects can really sense if we're interested in their welfare. And if they sense that, they would buy from us. Um, if we showed this in our presentation, um, we shouldn't come across pushy or aggressive, but with respect and encouragement. Um, our prospects really need to feel comfortable with purchasing from us. And if we're respectful and encouraging, uh, they're a lot more likely to purchase. Um, also, when answering questions during the call, it's best to give in pairs. In other words, if, you're, um, uh, if you answer a question, you know, give additional information that will be helpful to your prospect. Uh, they'll be a lot more engaged and see that you're a helpful person. And again, we'll be more likely to purchase. So if the prospect asks you, you know, do you have shirts that are polos as well as long sleeve? It's okay to say yes. And by the way, they come in red, green, and black. You know, you give in pairs during your calls and uh, you'll have a greater chance of closing the sale. Um, attitude is, is really important in a one call close situation. Uh, by focusing on your prospect with the right attitude, uh, your calls will be a lot more successful and your customers will be thanking you that they signed up. Um, really, in the end, uh, your prospects want to see that you're stable and they can trust in you. And so if you're offering advice, offering more than just a single uh, uh, word answer, if you're giving them in pairs, if you're uh, developing a sense of um, trust and stability by your attitude, that you're not being desperate or pushy, but you're really just being there, excited to sign them up, excited to sell them their goods, um, they're more likely to purchase. So that's just a little bit of what I've come across in my experience. And, um, you know, I have uh, a couple of uh, companies I've worked for where the one call close was definitely um, something that was, um, you know, a, a must because I was in the auto yeah. industry. I sold, I sold BMW. And, um, you know, if the customer didn't buy that single day, highly likely they would come back and buy and that's maybe a year later, right? Um, but like, uh, you know, BMW, it's a long day sometimes, you know, they come, you know, early in the morning and it takes a few hours, maybe even half the day to, to close the sale because they want to test drive it. They have all these questions. Um, so the one call close on, that, on those kinds of um, uh, single visits, I, I learned that I had to just rem remain consistent in, in my, my attitude to really get them into that new BMW, um, be, at, be consistent with my approach and how I explain things to them not trying to be too pushy with uh, certain things or try to sell them something they weren't interested in, really just catering to my customer and almost giving them uh, 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 an outlet to experience a life. You know, it's like, hey, you know, this BMW is going to be an extension of your life. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make sense for you to purchase this. So uh, a, lot, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, what I find helpful in the one call close is also like narrative selling where you're kind of like creating a story for the person to, to come into and be like, yeah, this really makes sense for my life right now. So the timing's perfect, everything's perfect. And so they'll purchase. Um, also another industry was the mortgage industry where I was actually selling leads into the mortgage industry. Uh, very competitive, very high, fast paced. It was during um, like, you know, 2006, 2007, where, you know, mortgages were just very popular before the big crash in 2008. 
And um, I was selling leads and these were like real time leads, you know, $25 a piece to the mortgage industry. Oh, yeah, and what yeah. I would do, yeah, it was just, you know, these price points were prices they were, you know, they would sell. And um, uh, the, the big push then was I had to sell out uh, entire states. Like they would say, okay, you have to sell, you know, 400 leads to the state of California or 5,000 leads to the state of Montana whatever it is. And then you would call those states and call mortgage brokers and say, look, I have, you know, uh, 400 leads for your whole state. Do you want to buy them all out right now? And, you know, for that kind of call to close, you have to send, you create a sense of urgency for sure. But also you have to just seem like, yeah, of course you'd want to buy this, you know, just matter of factly spell things out for people and they would buy out entire states of leads from me. You know, I would sell out uh, states and I was known in the company as being the the state seller, you know, and they'd always go, Oh, James, how many states do you sell out today? And it was just a fun thing in the office, but um, you know, it was something that I did on the phones, but I, I remember telling myself on the phones during those calls, don't be pushy, don't be desperate and, and don't be rude, you know, cause when you try to, sometimes you're trying to push something in a, in a one call close, the tendency is to be a little rude, like, Oh, you need to buy this. Like what's wrong with you? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For me, I feel, I feel, um, well, there's this there's this thing where sales is the sales is the type of topic that has so many layers to it. So you could you could find twenty different people giving you different courses on sales with completely different strategies behind it. it it's it's crazy how in depth this topic can go. I mean, like any topic really, but. It, it's weird because it doesn't seem like such a complex situation, you know, because they give you formats. This is how it goes. You do this, you say that, rebuttals, you say this, and this happens, and then you close. But they can do that in so many different ways, and there's, there's so much human behavior and psychology behind it, actually. And probably the most common thing I've been seeing, in my opinion, is normally like a discovery call and then a closing call. So discovery call purely is no sales, no, nothing like that. You're really just gathering information. So when you get them and schedule the second call, that's when you have some, that's when you have the plan, you know their pain points, you're able to kind of guide them along that, that centralized rope of thought. And basically the rope of thoughts, people probably heard this before, but I really like this thought. Um, I think this is probably one of the most practical uh, sales, guide you can follow so there's like a rope i think a few other people talk about this too it's nothing really new but you have this centralized rope okay and this is the basically a train of thought this is the thought line of the conversation you're in control you kind of guide them through this rope but the rope has phrase so there's a little phrase sticking out here and there and so you can move away from that centralized line with like the phrase and that could be like conversation talking about weather or whatever it might be building a rapport, but you always come back to that centralized point. And I always feel like that always stays true. And I always also feel like the sales part is really dependent on who you're talking to as well, because I think everyone's a buyer, you know, people like to buy. There's, I think when someone's like, I don't like to buy things, I think that's not really true because if, out of the entire time they've been alive and they purchased something, I bet there's been one time or at least one time when they purchased something and they felt really excited about it. So 
So people like to purchase. And if there wasn't a money issue, like if no one had to worry about money or anything or be on a budget, people would just buy stuff all the time. You know, we they like to buy things. And if they don't want to buy now, they'll buy later or at some point. So I think at the end of the day, people are trying to get these one call closes. Like it, they said the right things. They closed it. They got their credit card. It's like, bam, 30 minutes, close sale. And I think the one call close, well, this is my opinion, is more of how much can you, how much value can you give to someone without them necessarily taking advantage of you to get free service out of you, you know, cause I know that can happen sometimes, but mm-hmm. how much value can you show them what it's like to work with you in 30 minutes, which is like a typical phone call or 45 minutes mm-hmm. for them want to come back and actually give you the time of day to start consulting with each other. Um, so I think, I think that's for me, like the one call close, like, cause everyone's trying to hit that 2% of people who's ready to buy now, you know? If ads aren't profitable within 15 days or our campaign, it's not working, cut it off. Cause we're all trying to get that one call close done. Like we want the buyers now when 98% of other people are future buyers and they don't nurture things. They just kind of like, you know, they don't want to put the work in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like they're, Right. And so if you can, if you can focus on an audience that everyone else is not focused on because it make, might, you know, take more work, then you have a better advantage because then the people that you've connected with will remember you more out of the experience they've had. So they'll choose you because you might be not because you're less expensive or anything, but they might actually be willing to pay more because um there's a meaning behind it like they have some sort of connection like you've built this value based around it yeah and it's kind of yeah yeah it's interesting it's interesting that's what i try to do with the calls and when when you have less pressure on yourself to feel like i have to close this call uh, i I tend to see better results and value that makes me stand out from other people yeah, totally. I mean, um, it's kind of like uh, that old adage that says, you know, people don't remember, you know, uh, what you say, but they remember how you made them feel, you know. And um, I think it's important, like when you talk to people, uh, uh, you know, in, in sales or, you know, in any kind of environment where there's a, a sale happening, that you you talk to people like you would in a way uh, to, to a close friend or a family member and just like, you know, explain things in a way that come from a, a place of uh, really caring and, and, and um, understanding people because um, they'll sense right away, you know, is this person really just trying to, you know, make an extra dollar today or is he really trying to help me out today or does he really understand my, my, my issues? And like, um, you know, when you really spend time, you know, they call it consultative selling to, to consult with people you know, they, they, it makes a huge difference. And so even if you don't, uh, you know, get a signed document or, or you know, uh, any kind of a transaction of funds that, that day, you know, it doesn't mean that it wasn't successful. I think, you know, I base my success off of, did I make that pe- person feel better today? Was it able to help them, you know, get to a better place uh, professionally than they were before? 
you know, sometimes, and I've offered so much, uh, and this is just me talking, but I've offered so much advice and free services uh, without getting paid. You know, I've put myself out for uh, prospects and customers over time and you're just giving advice, giving more, more, you know, scenarios and giving ideas. Well, I did uh, that too. When I, when I first started, I did that too. Yeah. And it was, I did that too, because I was thinking, Oh, I'll, I'll see, here's the downfall of it though. Like you give people free trials, free service, because you, you know, whenever you do that, by the way, you should only do it just to get experience. No more expectation because those people Hmm. will never convert. Um, But when I, because when I did that, I did it for like two months and I was just starting off. So I was trying to learn things and I did it because, you know, I have to start somewhere and none of Mm -hmm. them were the right client to have, you know, even if you said, I'm going to charge you $1, it would be a no go. So like Mm -hmm. if you ever do free trials or whatever, just do it for learning purposes. Or like if you're, if you you know, actually cool thing too is if you want to learn sales and you're like rusty on it and you just want to get, get your time in, you just find a friend and be like, like James, I could come to you and be like, James, I'm a little rusty on my sales. Like I'll do sales for you for free. Just let me do sales for you. You know, I just got to like sharpen my game basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm you know, get in front of people, work on your sales, which helps you help a friend out, grow your skills, you know, it doesn't hurt, but man, I got to tell you <laughs> free trials. I know it was horrible. It was great though. I learned a lot. Right. Yeah. Chalk it up for experience. Right. I mean, it, it all helps us in the end, you know, but like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, you know, there's some learning curves, some, some pain points and, uh, you know, it's just a lot of, a lot of struggle through the process, but I mean, yeah, yeah, man. I like what you said though earlier. I want to go back to that. Cause you said something about like, there's this kind of um, this thread or a string of uh, knowledge or information that's going on in a dialogue in sales. And like, you know, you have to kind of always come back to that. You know, this is almost a psychology of things that, you know, we kind of go off track with like a story or maybe some uh, chit chat about different things, but then we always have to come back to yeah. that right to that that discussion right and well, I think, um, well jordan belfort mentioned that a lot too mm-hmm. uh but i just i mean you know the one going back to the one called close i mean yeah that that's true you know you have to you have to be in charge of it or else or else the prospect's going to be in charge to take over and you're just going to lose traction it's just not going to work out so you right. always have to be in control. Like there's certain things in sales that you have to do. Like you have to maintain your control. You have to be in charge of the conversation. That's just a must. And that just yeah. comes with practice. Like you just need to, you'll eventually go from not knowing what to say to doing it enough and knowing how to basically control the conversation without even thinking about it. Yeah. And yeah. the only times I've ever had one call closes were from clients who well first of all a one call close could be let's just say you have i mean think of it this way this might make things a lot easier for you a one call close in my opinion could be like well you have multiple phone calls with this guy or girl whoever it is and then you get on another phone call and then you close them i mean technically that was one phone call to close them you know it's not like you yeah it's not like you did half now and then charged him later on another phone call. You see what I mean? So in a way that's kind right. of one call closed. 
if you want to twist it. Yeah. The only times I ever had one call closes are from clients who were actively searching for a specific service. Like they knew they were looking for, you know, I don't know, a website, whatever. They're like, I need a website that needs this. It needs that. I must mm -hmm. have this functionality. Here's my budget. Those right. I had multiple one call closes and I didn't do anything special more than just follow that line of control. You yeah. know, it's also in, 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 it's also crazy how you can't really piss people off for asking questions. And mm -hmm. I, you know, stuff we're saying is not like complicated because I don't think sales is complicated. Uh, but being having a curious mindset can help you. You know, you don't assume yeah. things. Yeah. Um, to give you an idea of how I do my sales, I mean, like I said, the one call close where I get on the phone one time and then we close the deal, that usually only happens when they're sure of what they're looking for. You know, or mm -hmm. like if you sign up for freelance websites or something like that, where like, mm -hmm. People are looking for something. You get on a phone call with them. There's a, already a sense of trust because there's a third party in the middle of you. Um, that can happen when one call closes. You know, that's pretty simple. But in terms of the process I do for someone who's new, I always try to just, the first phone call, okay, is always like 30, 40 minutes, right? Because I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking like, hey, listen, why don't we just get started? And at, you know, just tell me about what you're doing. And they'll talk most of the time. Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm just listening. I'm, I'm hearing what they're saying. And then I'll ask questions. Because essentially what I'm trying to do is understand their business as much as I can mm. before the call ends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, understanding. You said that word. That's part of the process. If the, you know, that, that in, in the word understanding, there's a sense of uh, I get what you're saying. I understand you. I understand your company. Um, therefore I'm the best person to help you. Right. And, um, and I think that's cool. I think people at the end of the day, like we want to control the conversation to the extent that we know what we're talking about and we have a handle on things. And then also too, like leading them to their next thought, you know, it's like, Oh, that's great about your company or what you're going through. I totally get it. And then what are your next steps or what are you thinking for the future? And all of a sudden now you brought them to another level of, uh, say thinking or understanding and now you're talking about, oh, okay, so you're almost, you're almost setting yourself up to provide the solution that will help them reach those goals. You're like, oh, so you want to get to this point that we just talked about. Well, hey, you know, we can do those things to help you get there. How does that sound? And it's like, oh, wow, yeah, you helped me get to this thought and you can provide the solution. And it sounds perfect. You know, even if somebody else were to come in and pitch the same product or service to help them get there, you, you were the one that helped them to get to that place in their thinking. And so they would want to go with you, you know, and, and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, but so, yeah, yeah I, I agree. And I'm also, I also believe like, if you just follow up with people, like, okay, if you, if you just talk to more people, okay, we're talking about the two of this, let's just say one guy has, has no sales experience. If he just calls and talks to more people, right, he, he'll probably do just as well. Cause he's just talking to enough people, you know, mm -hmm. there, there's people out there who just like get on the first phone call with you and they go, yeah, yeah, I'm looking for this, this is what I want. Great. Let's do it. And you don't even have to necessarily have any sales experience. Like if you just call enough people, you'll get something. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of it too. 
Um, but when talking about like leakage and trying to make sure that every, you know, Bury can handle every person that comes in and have the best results to close them or most probability to close someone, there's a process. But I think the main thing is knowing how to like talk to each individual person. And if you can keep that marketing, well, it's also the thing with marketing. Like if you can, you know, everyone, like I said, everyone's trying to hit that 2%, but no one really wants to hit the long-term thing. It's all short-term. Um, and no one wants to do the long-term build your pipeline, all this kind of stuff. Just, yeah. Who wants to do that? Yeah, no, it's totally true. It's, but if uh, you just yeah. talk to more people, you know, everyone's going to buy from you. If like Grant Cardone said this, I just love all these guys. This is like my favorite guys. Grant Cardone was like, he's like, everyone's a buyer. Even if he's like, everyone, everyone's interested, even if they say no thanks. You know? Absolutely. Because the way to think about it is that, well, if they're, if you're business to business and they're a business owner, right? Um, they run a business. So everything they need is what most likely you offer. And whether they say no thanks, it's still something that they utilize. Like, hey, want to buy a website? No. Well, there's still probably interest in there because they still have a business. And if you don't have a website for your business, that's just kind of a basic thing, right? So that's something. No, point, absolutely. They're yeah. utilizing it anyway. So if you get them at the right time, they'll utilize you. You know, and yeah, that might totally. be because, I mean, there's this, I know I'm ranting a little bit, but man, there's this guy I've been calling for like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. Okay. Year and a half. Yeah. Small deal, not big. Um, and I've been following up for him for like a year and a half and yeah. I'm trying to close this deal. But the thing is, every time I call him, he's like, no, I'm ready to do, I'm yeah, we're going to do something together, but you know, message yeah. my message, my wife, she'll get on a phone call with you. You know, it's just, constant chase constant yeah chase. yeah but, but i yeah. know i'm gonna get him and when i do whether it's twenty dollars or fifty dollars it's still one step closer to my ultimate goal and it's worth doing you know i'm not yeah. gonna get him if i stop i kid you not man that it's persistence i mean uh i had a client where i was uh i initiated the conversation like four years prior to closing so it was like, I, I made an initial call to the organization, <laughs> literally four years. I mean, you yeah. think, I mean, you know, I could have got, I could have got a college degree and came back and, and finished the deal, you know? <laughs> Dude, I know. For I'd, sure. I'd have, been a, I'd have been Dr. Chung by then, you know? I mean, what's, what's going Dr. on? Dr. Chung. That's like... <laughs> <laughs> God. But it works. I mean, I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, well, another thing too is, uh, I think to make this practical, like, you know, there's two things I gotta say. First of all, to make this practical, you know, for people just starting out, the, the biggest thing you'll have to learn is getting over that fear. You know, I mean, think about it. You just, just call someone up and don't, you don't even know what you have to say. Just get started. Just call them and go, um, Hey, you want some marketing? <laughs> Just break the ice. Just get into right. it. And what are they going to do? No. And hang up. And then guess what? You're still alive. You're still sitting there. Nothing bad happened. 
you know, but that, that fear of, I don't want to do the next phone call. I, I, what if I get rejected? I think that's the biggest thing to overcome for new people. And I think for people who've been doing sales for a long time. Yeah. I think the next thing would be, well, they already know how to do this. You know, they're, they're already successful. They've, they have their pipeline. They're kind of all doing this, you know, they have everything figured out pretty much, but you can always sharpen your skills. And I always think, you know, what could make you different than every other sales guy out there? And honestly, I'm not totally sure what that is necessarily. No, well, here, no, honestly, that that's that. You know what? That question. This is worth uh, the whole episode right now because that is something that uh, you know everyone's thinking. But then it's it's kind of like that that you know pink elephant, whatever they call it. No one's talking about it, but it's, it's definitely there. And so it's like, um, you know, I, I think I think the answer to that question, Daniel, is, is is this: is that inherent in who we are? Like, you know, all of us are already unique and different, you know, because there's no two of the same Daniels, two of the same Jameses, two of the same anybody in the whole world. And so, by nature of just being born, we're already unique and and, and individual. And so it's like. Um, um, and so like, there's nobody that can be who we are or do what we do. Um, so even though we work, you may, or, you know, some of the listeners out there may be working for a corporation or a business where there's multiple salespeople or executives on their team, you're still the, the, the only you, you know? And so the way you talk, the way you ask questions, the way you listen, just your mannerisms, how you are, your personality, all those things make you different. And so it's like, you know, um, there, we don't have to try. Uh, honestly, I always, uh, I wrote my high school essay to go into college. I said, just be yourself. You know, that was my topic. And so I think that's what it is now. It's like, just be yourself. Cause when you're just yourself, now you are that unique person that everybody wants to get to know, get to like, and they'll buy from you more. If you're just being yourself, I've seen, I've done it myself where I mimicked, uh, sales, rep, uh, you know, sales reps or, you know, people in the profession. I try to yeah, do like, like sales trainings and processes. Yeah, and, you know? and, and like, I mean, yeah, it could, it could take you so far to kind of get you into your own groove of doing things. But once you find your own groove, just be yourself. Cause that's always it. You, you, you can never forget how to just be yourself. Right. And so it's like, that's why I always tell people just to be yourself. I think, I think the best thing is, uh, again, if you're starting out, I think the best thing, it just helped me a ton is just, just go into, just go into it and make phone calls because it's like the hardest thing to get a new person to do because there's so much anxiety behind it. But once you break through that and you're like, man, this is simple, then work on your process because you went past like the hardest part, work on your process, which is you know, information gathering. And this sounds really typical, I guess, but it's just, there's so much different things and strategies and all stuff about sales, but you know, they'll talk most of the time, give them the opportunity, just listen, ask them questions about the business. How much do you, how much you make in a month? Oh, okay. You know, cause at the end of the day, you're just trying to figure out you're just trying to show them that you're interested in them. And then you're going to prescribe the right option based on the information they give you. Right. So I think in terms of being different, 
can really come from what everyone else is not doing. And I think now sales methods now are, are proven to work, right? I mean, that's what, that's how businesses are thriving and make their sales and stuff. But there's gotta be another way that I'm starting to tap into that is working quite well. And an example of that is I've been, I've been trying this thing where I get people on the phone and I don't even mention services. I don't even mention anything. The only thing I mention is, you know, maybe about who I am in the company and all that stuff, but it's all about them. So I show them what it's like to work with me and I create that environment. So I don't even create a sales environment. I just pretend I'm already working with this person. And having that mindset yeah. actually puts me in the right mindset of, you know, I'm here to help them, not just like Perfect. close the tail. Perfect. I've been getting great responses because the relationship I've built this way, they've been mm -hmm. coming to me now. Mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of weird actually but the thing is you have to be careful because there you'll hit people where they'll kind of keep milking you you know yeah yeah, yeah. they'll know and so they go, okay this guy's gonna like keep giving me information so you kind of have to know like when to stop that necessarily but yeah but the fact that you have people calling you and coming to you this way is you yeah. your inbound pipeline and yeah totally and you're able to build these relationships so well like mm -hmm. i have this guy I have this guy who um, wasn't actually going to use my services, but I kept helping him out with things. And this is like verbal mm -hmm. things, not like actual labor per se, but just verbal stuff through email. Um, mm -hmm. And he ended up coming back and like doing a few things with me because he actually hired someone else, but he wasn't very happy with them. And I was kind of walking him through all the stuff of what she should do and consulting. And then he ended up like coming back to me and said, can, I, can you just do it? Like, I really like how you do things. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really necessarily sell anything. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not a, a, there's no term for that. It's just, you know, you're just helping someone out and you're just, you know, being their friend and you're, and you're showing them things that they now uh, either implement to their company or they think is just a good idea. So they see you as kind of like a, a friend, a consultant. So they'll just come back to you for more free consulting. And then after a while, it's like, you know what? I do want to do something now. And you've been the best person to help me so far. So yeah, let's, can I go with you guys, you know? And it's, it's almost just assumed. Um, some people call it the assumptive close or whatever, but I think it's just, um, it, it, all, it all almost ties back into the one call close because, you know, these, these one call closes, I, I, I think, yeah, it's a great victory if you can close them in that single phone call. But, you know, um, it's really more of an attitude of how you talk to someone on the phones or in person. It's kind of more of a, a way of approaching sales because I could treat like those consultative, you know, uh, prospects as one call closes. You're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm here for you. I'm helping you out. And, you know, it may not close on that first meeting, but they'll come back for that second meeting, that third or fourth. It might take a while, but I, it could still be a one call close mentality where you're trying to just help them out to, to close them in a way that they will eventually come back to you and actually purchase. And the transaction is just the details, right? So yeah. it's like, you know, um, 
yeah so i think that's really valuable and like um i alluded to something earlier and i know we're probably running out of time here but um it's called the uh I, I said the narrative selling approach right this is something that you know uh if you if you've been around sales long enough you're, you're trained in these classes to tell a story you know oh tell like a parable or a story of you know this happened to me and this is kind of like you know uh, the situation I was in, and you try to get people to buy into your story. Um, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not talking about that, and what, what I'm about to say right now, but it's like something similar. But something I've been working on these days is narrative selling, is what I call it, and that is where when you when you meet someone and you're talking to them, um, you know, everyone has limited time. We only, you know, we we all have, um, you know, 24 hours in a day, so it's like, you know, let's let's talk about things that provide someone an atmosphere of this is kind of um almost like this is meant to be it's, it's it's best if we work together look at the situation you're in look at your company how they're doing look at this company that i'm with the product and service we're providing and doesn't it make perfect sense that we're we're meeting right now to talk about the service that this can really help you guys and doesn't it make sense that you step forward into this um, new environment and and work with us right and then when you kind of do that narrative selling, they're like, you know what, you're right. Like the timing is right, the the atmosphere is right, and you guys have the, the ability to help us out. Yeah, let's just move forward with this. Because then now people aren't, they're not calculating every uh, detail about the terms and conditions, the privacy policy, you know, all these other things. They're just looking at the very basic fact that it makes sense to work together right now, so let's move forward. And so you almost... <laughs> Uh, help them be that character in their own narrative so now guess what when they go back to their management and talk about what they just decided to do or to their spouse or business partner they're like yeah that makes total sense i'm glad you made that decision you know so yeah there's a lot of stuff man there's a lot of stuff just i think one thing for sure is you should not convince people i don't think i don't think you should convince anyone which sounds weird now, it, again, I'm trying to make this, I'm trying to make this practical, right? So control is main. I think that's most important, but also just being able to be in control of the conversation, but come off as casual without them knowing it's like subtleties, you know, sales is like a subtle art really. So you're kind of you have a format that is not recognized to the listener. Cause you, even if you're not in sales and you're getting a formatted sales call, you can tell, you know, and we have a real conversation with someone you can tell it's just part of your instincts. So it should never be about convincing. I don't try to convince anyone they should go with me. I always just put everything forward with that control. I think that's probably the most important thing. You just have to learn how to like be subtle with your control. I think that once you get that, everything becomes much easier. Um, and then just, again, just by doing the sales, it becomes easier too. And asking, learning about the business. I think there's two things. Learn about the customer's business. If you're business, business, obviously. Learn about the customer's business. And then there's like a second stage, which would be like prescribing best options for them. And then I'd say like there's a closing phase, right? So you've, it described the prescription you're giving, you've made sure they understand it, but you don't give too much 
technical detail because like marketers and sales guys and no come up they we come up with crazy terms you know like the one of the crazy terms is like conversion which is like the most vague thing ever but if you say conversion to a marketer or like a sales guy they go oh yeah yeah i know what you're talking about but like these guys don't know what they don't what that means there's so many different areas that could mean conversion like who knows what that means um but the prescription phase, making sure they understand it so they know how this works for them. And the other thing too is not being afraid to like ask for payment, close the deal. You know, cool, let's do this. Like, man, you're gonna love this. Like, ready to do this, ready to, let's make this happen, whatever you say. But if they're hesitant, I don't think there's the convincing part. It's more of, you probably missed an explanation or you didn't, you didn't touch a point that you should have touched a little more perhaps. Right. Or maybe they're just not the right client, but I, I, I don't think, cause you'll always hit, you'll always hit someone who will be the right client for you. There's enough people out there. So I think format, I think trying to be different than what other people are doing. And I, I, I think the best way that I found that works best for me is not even thinking about the sales. I mean, I'm thinking about getting new clients. I want this person, I want to work with this person, but, yeah. but take a different approach. I think the best thing you can do is look at what everyone's training you to do and do it differently because then you know what, competitive advantage you have over them. I think that's one of the best things that's been helping me because it's been working. Mm. People have been going, man, I don't feel like you're selling me. Like, like you actually helped me. And they, they didn't even sign on and I didn't even put much effort. I just like, I just put some extra verbal words to them, helped them out. With yeah. Responded to a few extra emails. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and it makes you feel a little bit better sleeping at night too. Like, hey, you know what? I just go throughout my whole days helping people out, giving good advice and trying my best. And in the end too, not only do your hearers benefit, like the prospects, not only do they benefit, yeah. but you be we benefit too because we're learning as we go too. You know, it's like, and well, we benefit by getting better at our craft, right. you know? And so it's a, it's a wonderful, it's a, like they say, it's like a win-win, right? So. Well, last thing I got to say is, Okay, here's something to think about. What if you incorporated sales, some fundamental sales, like control the conversation, right? Um, probably as the foundation. Let's just say that. What if you incorporate sales and make a hybrid with customer service? So you have sales that you're oh. doing. Yeah. But you have a customer service mindset. And, and the human psychology, I think, I'm not okay. I say that and I'm not like a psychologist or anything. I just, I just like to think what people are thinking maybe. Um, mm -hmm. But I feel like the, the worst times in, in a customer's experience will be from customer service because they call because they're having a problem. And if they, you know, but they're willing, if they're having a bad problem, yeah, they're willing to call. They're willing to wait. They might be a little pissed off when they get on the phone, but you know, Think about the process of customer service when you call those centers. They transfer you, you're on hold, you're pissed off. You see what I'm saying? But they're in it. So what if you could duplicate 
that type of commitment, um, but offering a customer service perspective and showing them the great experience that people normally sometimes have when they're off customer service. Go, man, that was great. That was amazing. Such good service, mm -hmm. right? If mm -hmm. you apply that to your sales process to make people want or have that urge rather than yeah. you've convinced them enough and now you have yeah, to do totally. yourself. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, it's just a fun thought. I, I've always thought that like customer service, mm -hmm. providing your service or some sort of thing to show them what it's like to work with you. Yeah, totally. I mean, um, customer service is, is a, uh, you know, back in the day, like, you know, I guess people thought, Oh, customer service kind of entry level or whatever. But like, you know, um, I spent five and a half years in customer service and uh, in my first uh, professional career out of college. And like, um, it was just, it was just the most amazing thing, you know, and um, I learned a lot. You know, I was in a call center, took a hundred plus phone calls a day doing data entry. And it was my first time kind of really hearing my own voice and talking to people uh, that I didn't know. And um and I thought, well, you know, this is kind of cool, but, you know, um, I never saw that this would help me in my long-term career in sales either because I just thought it was a, its own discipline. But in the end, man, good customer service is good sales. Um, I firmly believe in that. And customer service, um, you, yeah, it is, it is a service you're providing. You make people feel good about themselves. Um, but it's one of the hardest things, too, because you have irate people yelling at you, talking, you know, um, you know, treating you uh, like you're less than, and, and you have to kind of um, overcome those things and not get upset. You have to really have thick skin. You have to have the service kind of servant oriented mindset and, and really uh, help people even though they treat you uh, poorly, you know? So, I mean, um, customer service, uh, good customer service is good sales. And the word that I like that, that encapsulates all this is the word winsome. Uh, you know, it's just kind of this word that I like to say is like, you know, if you want to be a good salesperson, be winsome, you know, what does that mean? It means kind of have this kind of uh, upbeat attitude that you're, you're positive, you're helpful, you know, you're really, you're, you're, you, you're very attractive, you know, that people want to go, man, I want to, I want to talk to that person, you know, or some it's in some ways, I want to be like that person, although that's not our goal, but like, Hey, I want to talk to that person and get to know them. And, and, and that, that person really, not only are they helpful and cheerful, they know their product. You know, so it's like, let's be winsome sales reps or, you know, professionals yeah. for that matter, you know, right? I mean, it well, captures. No, yeah. for sure. The last thing I got to mention is, the last thing I got to mention is, uh, you know, knowing your product too really helps because then you know how to explain it very well. So uh, you don't stumble, you don't question things or say things incorrectly. So it, it's almost like just start making phone calls, right? And maybe you've already been in sales. So the next thing could probably be now that this is the whole point of this podcast. You know, we're just trying to think a little differently and try to like say things that might not make too much sense, but maybe it might spark something and someone might go, man, you know what that I should give that a go. Cause you know, we don't have enough creativity in business. I don't think, I think it's very, it's like set in a certain tone and I, in a certain way, but I'm trying to point out is there's so much more combinations of things that you can do. And that's why always we have these 
prodigies and people that pop up because they're always doing something different and no one's thinking about. And I'm a huge believer in if you're starting sales, just make phone calls because the more you do, it'll make more sense. And just make sure you know your product. And then as you grow and you become a high performing sales guy at a corporation or your own firm or whatever it is, maybe you can think more about, man, you know, at this point, I say something really technical. I say, I say, you know, we have three options. There's this one, there's this one and that one, which one would you like to do? So when you get to a certain performance level, maybe you can tweak more specific things. So you're a higher performing sales guy. And so maybe you would say, yeah, we have package one, two, and three. Most people go with package two. You see what I'm saying? So now you're using like this human psychology thing where you're putting people in cohorts because people like to be in groups. So you're saying, well, most people go with two. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's kind of just like, just figure out your process, figure out your product, figure out how you do your sales, work up, make sure you can do how, make sure you can follow your process subtly, very um, non-rugged, you know, smooth, yeah. you feel good. And then yeah. worry about the details, you know, worry about, man, you know, I, what if I tweak this word? Or what if I say it this way? you know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's good. And, and last thought that I have, Daniel, is just, uh, I feel like things are changing for, uh, for uh, the industries nowadays, how, how people like to be sold to. And um, I, you know, uh, I think selling from the heart as opposed to selling from the mind is kind of the shift that I see happening. Um, you know, a lot of people think if I just know enough information about something, then people will buy from me. And I know that that could be true. And we might think that's the best way to go sometimes, but I think people are looking for someone to sell from the heart, you know, and, uh, and the heart has a lot of knowledge too. There's a lot of wisdom and things like that. And, but in information as well, but it's also selling from a place of, um, of reality, you know, like I'm just, you know, Hey, I'm a, I'm a real person with real issues and trying to help you out with yours. Uh, let's get along and let's work together, you know, and, and, um, and I think that that's what's going on nowadays is because of, and I don't want to get into all the details as to why uh, we could, we can rant and rave about that all day long. But I mean, it is, a, uh, if you go, if you, if we come from a place of reality, uh, man, people will just connect with us better and they'll want to buy from us. So that's my last thought. Um, anything else from your end, Daniel? No, again, I just, you know, I'm excited about, Got a lot of stuff to say, but I'll save that. I'm just excited. You know, I, I, like I said, the purpose of what we're trying to do is just, I'm really just trying to, there's a certain format to business. There's certain like stigma, there's a certain thing. And I, I just want to point like, it's okay to brainstorm. It's okay to think things that don't make sense a little bit, or might go against what that status quo is, you know? And that's right. And at the end of the day, if, if we can think, you know, it's okay, what can I do? What's the next thing? What about if we do this? That is, that's like the essence of innovation and being creative. I think we just need to be more creative 
and in business and know that it's okay to come up and say crazy things. There you go. I hey, you said it, man. I mean, uh, I guess, uh, you know, all of us that have our own personalities and unique ways of being. And so let's not limit who we are. Let's believe in, you know, the abilities that we have, the talents and gifts and abilities that we have and yeah. put them to play in the marketplace, you know, and, you know, I wouldn't want to replace anybody else, you know, and try to act like somebody else. And, and I would hope that I could have my own identity as well too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so it's like, before, before we go, I, I want to mention one last thing. Um, yeah. This is a question to everyone. So here's something you could think about, and I, this might sound really corny, but you know what? Whether you're new, intermediate, or you're the like top performing sales guy, or whatever, whoever you are, you know what's if you spend a few minutes thinking, what's one thing that you could come up with that might be a little crazy? What's one thing you can come up with that you think could help you innovate what you're already doing or break through the next level? Um, and I'll just leave it kind of open-ended like that. You know, what's, what's the one thing you think that you could probably do creatively to boost your game or get better or whatever it might be, you know? And don't, Absolutely. don't filter it. Just go off whatever you think is a good idea. And I think that's a good start. So it's like a therapy session, man. Well, yeah, man. So, so, so use it to and, and share, share it in the mirror with yourself and then share it with a friend or a family member. Yeah, just be and, honest, uh, you know, don't, don't think, Oh, that's too artistic. That's too creative. That's too this. Uh, yeah, just go, go with it. You know, we're humans, we're creative creatures, you know, use your right. creative side. Let's like, let's have a little fun. It's okay to think a little oddly and weird, not make much sense, but imagine if it does work, everyone's going to love you. Right. Right. There you go. That's right. No rejection in this world. Right. When you're just being yourself. So <laughs> exactly. Just have some fun, you know, stop right. overthinking Absolutely. things. Absolutely. Well, friends, now that's a wrap. We look forward to joining you next Saturday, Daniel and James signing off.